Welcome to Disarming Persuasion, the podcast for sales and business leadership professionals. My name is Dave Rosenberg, and I am the founder and principal at Locked On Leadership, a consulting firm with a mission to replace Thank God It's Friday with Thank God It's Monday. With me is my co-host, a man who can literally teach sales with one hand tied behind his back, Darren Cecil. Filling in for Darren, the amazing Anne Bonnie. And what are we going to talk about today? We need to talk about some boundaries, Dave. Can you say that in a little higher, squeakier voice? I think we need to talk about boundaries, Dave. <laughs> Thank you. Now we can exhale all that helium. Did I say that in a high-pitched voice? You did. Sorry, Dave. Oh, I think we should talk about boundaries. <laughs> You're like, uh, I'm drawing boundaries on this podcast and saying, you can't talk like that, honey. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> so aren't boundaries out of bounds? Oh, look at that. Look at confusion on your face. I am so confused right now. Are they out of bounds? No, they're important. So are we talking geographic boundaries? Um <laughs> What, what, what do we mean? Battle lines. No, I mean, saying no, I, a, a lot of has come up lately as we talk about um, mental toughness and all the change that's going on. This is a, this is a topic that I've done keynotes on several times and webinars on recently a lot. And oh, a you, lot of people. Oh, hold on, hold on. I got to draw the boundaries on your subtle plugs about your keynotes. I really just use this for commercials for my own gigs. <laughs> You're wonderful at it. But one of the things people have been talking about was the fact that they can't say no when people ask them to do stuff or ask them to, you know, do things for them or help them. And it, it's a, it's an interesting challenge because we want to help people. We want to be team players. We want to be there. And it's important for teams to help each other, but we also need to protect our own time and be able to say, you know, right now I can't No. Um, or not now. And so, and I think we don't have the skills a lot of times to do that. We don't have the skills to say no. We've all been two and three years old. We learned the word. <laughs> we used it up. <laughs> and that must be it. We got an allotment and most of us, by the time we hit four, four and a half, we're, we're done with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. But, but, you know, we, we learned to be people pleasers and to protect you know, that relationship and, you know, not to say no. And then we go away and we're super resentful. I'm doing this in my personal relationship right now too, is figuring out, okay, wait a minute. I got to ask for what I want here. It's not black or white with high maintenance or low maintenance. There's that middle part where you need to protect yourself and get what you need as well. And that's the case at work too. But, you know, that's an interesting, really interesting comment without going flipping and and nuts. I know we tend to do that sometimes, but I want to draw a boundary around that. Um, but seriously, because there's two sides to, to drawing boundaries. There's one, which is saying no when somebody requests something of you that is um, perhaps out for whatever reason is uncomfortable or inconvenient or, you know, there could be a lot of reasons to say no. And that's, that's one type of boundary. But the other type of boundary is the ability to ask what you need. And mm-hmm. in a relationship, right, which isn't necessarily and, and accepting the fact that that may be stepping over somebody else's boundary. Right. And, right. and they have the right to say no. Right. Exactly. And that's what uh, more what I'm talking about. I'm not as much talking about boundaries to inappropriate behavior. Obviously, those are things we need to talk about. But more often it's, hey, could you help me with this? Or, hey, could you take this meeting for me? Or, um, 
you know, oh, I'm not going to be able to be there. Just take over. You got this. And it's this imposition that we're really uncomfortable saying, I I can't do that right now. Or, uh, you know, no. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's one aspect. There's another aspect too. And and we could tackle these head on, but I want to sort of get them on the table because as you were saying this, I was thinking about one of my wife's former coworkers who was a people pleaser. Mm-hmm. And we were friends for a while and we, we don't socialize anymore because it became clear that whoever she was interacting with, she treated like her best friend. And then perhaps when interacting with us, for example, she might talk about somebody else in a negative way, uh. but then to their face. And it's like, all of a sudden you start going, okay, this person really has no boundaries. Yeah. Right. And I don't know, how did it really feel about me? But I, and I remember one particular, and she was a gift giver. One of those people, like you mentioned, you want something. And we were, we were coming from the movies together. We were walking, we were in a mall. The mall was closed. The store was closed. We were walking by a high-end watch store and, and they had um, uh, 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 Tag Heuer watches. And I've always had this thing for Tag Heuer. I've never owned one, right? But I think they're just cool looking watches. The they are good looking watches. You know. Yeah. And I'm, and, and I'm like, oh, tag who are, and, and, and I was like about to say something like, God, I've always wanted one. And I get this elbow in my side from my wife. And, and she's like, don't say anything or she will, you know, get it for you. And, and I'm like, is that a bad thing? No, I mean, um, <laughs> right. So there's, that, that's another side of boundaries where people mm-hmm. don't understand, you know, that would have been really uncomfortable. And she gotten that for me as a gift, all kidding aside, that'd have been a yeah. really, I mean, I think they started like $1,500 say, you know, uh, you know, and, and it's not a kind of gift that you typically accept from somebody you aren't incredibly close to yeah, unless, right. you, unless you are in a much bigger financial circles than I'm in. You know. Yeah. You're not walking through the mall if you're doing that. <laughs> Not without, Thank not without four or five people surrounding you with radios on their sleeves going like, exactly. okay, it's clear. Yep. Exactly. The package is moving. <laughs> yeah. 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 So how do we develop boundaries? And, and I think more importantly, how do we develop boundaries in our team? In other words, empower them to develop boundaries. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it starts with self-awareness when we talk about drawing boundaries for ourselves. You know, the way I recognize when I have failed to draw a boundary or say no that I needed to was when I get resentful. Mm. When I, when I realize, oh, I'm resenting this, huh? What did I say that I wish I'd said no to? And how can I use that as a lesson for myself in the future? You know, and you can flip it around when you're dealing with somebody else who isn't so great at drawing boundaries. And you can say, okay, when do I feel them starting to, you know, um, cause one of the things I, I believe in, especially when it comes to negotiation is don't say no for them. And so I'll ask the question, not trying to take advantage of anybody's good nature, but assuming that somebody's going to say no. And this puts us into that persuasion area there, um, of, of, you know, asking the question, assuming they're going to say no, but uh, this part of that emotional intelligence and dealing with other people is knowing like with your friend, what you don't want to ask for. <laughs> right. I think what you're saying is when we're in negotiations, again, it, you know, business, whether it's, you know, sales or, or in leadership talking to it and 
and we we take a position we want something we ask for something we we assume that they have the strength the internal fortitude to say no if it's uncomfortable for them right and yet they don't always and sometimes i think we have a moral responsibility to recognize that especially if they're about to buy you a $1,500 watch. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, all, all joking aside, absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I, w- I would not have wanted that watch. Well, right. I would have wanted the watch, but not under those conditions. Right. Which yeah. is, I think, a more accurate way of saying that. I certainly exactly. w- would not wanted that. You know, I got some here. You, you folks can't see it because we don't do the video. But, you know, this this plastic Eagles uh, glass I'm drinking my water out of. This was a gift from this person. Right. Much more appropriate. Right. It's a little $10 cup. Yeah. That cheap bastard. <laughs> you know what? It was probably a re-gift too. They probably just got it from something else. And they were a, they were a Baltimore Ravens fan. And they're like, I'm not keeping this crap. Get these Eagles out of here. <laughs> I happen to know better because they happen to have re-gifted like a bunch of stuff for me and my wife that happened to be our city's team. So, you know, um, I suspect not. Um, no, it was a very thoughtful gift Yeah, and, 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 and much more appropriate. So I guess be aware when it has already happened to you, but, mm-hmm. and, and use this as a baseline, how can we prevent it from happening? Right. Cause the situations sometimes present themselves differently. Like what signals do you look for before you say yes to let you know that maybe you should be saying no. Well, and, and you, you usually know when you're, you know, when you're feeling that tug of, "Mm, I don't want to do this. Okay. You know, and you feel that inside, that's when you're saying, okay, wait a minute, this is where I need to say no. And part of my confidence in saying no came from having a strategy to be able to say it. I use USA, which is you being an understanding statement of essentially the reason we don't want to say no to people is because we want to help. We want to be seen as somebody who's helpful, who's a team member. So by saying an understanding statement, it's essentially saying, hey, I know this is important and needs to be done with with great quality. And then you do an S, which is a situation statement. Right now, I'm working on four other projects. I'm not going to be able to get this done the way it needs to be done. And then the A is an alternative offering an alternative and another way that they could get it done. Hey, if you can wait till next week, I can help you out with this. Or, hey, I know Susie just finished a big project. She may have some more time. Or, hey, I can write the outline for you. If you can write the final draft, I can just jot down some ideas that I have time to do that if that'll help. You know, but but saying, hey, I, I it's not that I just like don't want to help you with this project because I don't care and I don't like, yeah, you know, that's what no feels like. But when we use that understanding statement, situation statement, and alternative, then we're basically saying, hey, I care about helping you solve this. I can't do it the way you asked me to, but here's another idea. Yeah, that's actually really powerful. I mean, it just reminds me of the Olympics. USA, USA. But but seriously, right? We're solving problems, which is what makes us feel good. We're saying, here's how you can get it done. Here's why it can't be me. And, you know, it's interesting. I hear you talk about that. And I'm, I'm reminded of a variant of that. I, I mean, I've never had the acronym until now. I will be using that liberally. USA. Yeah. But, you know, a lot of times with my coaching clients, my business coaching clients, where, you know, one of the things we work on is getting rid of 
customers that don't serve them anymore. Mm. And there's a lot of reasons for it. Not necessarily that they're bad customers, but maybe, you know, the product line that they had sold them or the services they had sold them five years ago, they really don't support anymore. And, you know, uh, or, you know, one of mine I'm thinking of who is an IT company, they do managed services. So they manage people's networks for smaller companies that don't have their own internal people or augment a mid-sized company that doesn't have enough internal people. Sometimes people will call them asking them for project work that aren't recurring customers. So their business model is recurring revenue from these managed services. And they'll do, you know, one-off project works for their existing customers, but you can't just call them on a break fix thing. And one way they say no is to say yes in such a way that, you know, uh, in other words, you, you price it out at such a number that more likely than not, they're going to turn you down. But if they do say yes to your yes, you're not really complaining. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Is this my, my judge on that is if I'm going to take this gig, is it worth putting my fake eyelashes on for? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. If I got to wear my wig, mm-hmm. you know, it, it needs to, you know, pay off. And um, please right. wear that on our next podcast recording. I'm seeing this like 70s, you know, ball cut. I think that would be amazing. You know, I never bought one of these, but I've tried them on in the stupid hat stores. I always want to get one of like those mullets with the ball caps, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Just say no, Dave. Well, I have no boundaries when it comes to shame. <laughs> I've been told my whole life I know no shame. Not touching it with a 10-foot pole. <laughs> yeah. But you know it to be true as well. Hey, I had boundaries there. That doesn't happen very often. <laughs> Not really. You forget that the first time I met you, you were showing me naked pictures of yourself. I, it was a bikini competition. It was a bodybuilding competition. Well, yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. But it, right, it's not really- it was just a very small piece of cloth. <laughs> not much left to the imagination. Well, but I mean, when you got it. Hey, and you had it and you still oh. do. And you still do for a direct. Yeah, there you go. Um, I'm over here flexing, like, look at my biceps. <laughs> um, all right. So boundaries. So be sensitive when you've already overstepped them. So you cannot repeat that. Trust your gut. Right. So, so you can learn from it. Trust your gut. If you're going like, oh, I really don't want to do it. Listen to that voice. Mm-hmm. And, and go in with a strategy for saying no. You know, I mean, like, because it's uncomfortable. And so if you are improvising and you're like, blah, 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 when it doesn't come out of your mouth, right, you're probably going to give up and be like, all right, brain, you're not working. Okay, I'll do it. And so having that, you know, and again, each situation is going to present itself differently. But with that USA, it helps you to say, okay, I have a good way I can do it now. Right. And you may not have an alternative solution. And that's okay to be okay with that, right? You yeah. don't have to, right? They're coming to you. Because they don't have the answers. They don't necessarily expect you to have the answers as well. Right. And maybe it's, hey, if I think of another way you might be able to get that done, I'll let you know. Right. Yeah. Because I know this is important and I know it's something that needs to get done. Yeah. yeah I, I think that's, that, that, that's really strong. Mm-hmm. What if you see somebody else starting to overstep what you perceive, you know, because you know them that is a boundary and you don't want them to do that? Of your, uh, they're overstepping one of your boundaries? No, like you've asked me to do something and I'm like, let me figure out how I could do that. Um, Jeez. 
Oh, I see. I've asked you, and I, and now I realize that you are right. I don't have don't the fortitude. Do you're, you're going like, oh, he doesn't really want to do this, but he doesn't have the fortitude to say no. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I, I and that's usually, and this is where we can. I walk this line carefully because this is a place where you might want to say, Hey Dave, you know what? I don't want to impose. I know you're super busy. If this doesn't make sense, you know, to do right now and I'll catch it and I'll put it there. But sometimes, sometimes I won't do that. Um, it depends on the person. It depends on who they are and what their role is in my life. Um, but yeah, that's, I mean, if you feel like, okay, I need to, rescue this person then that it's it hey i don't want to impose i know you're super busy if this doesn't make sense then then i can find another way to do it yeah and and it's, it's interesting you just said that because that's one of the tactics i use all the time if i think there's any sense at all that somebody may agree to something that um they really rather not agree to is the mm-hmm. before i ask i give them permission to say no yes yeah saying hey i know this may not make sense right now with your schedule but if at all possible, could you help me with this? Please say no if this doesn't make sense. Yeah. One of the places I actually use that all the time is rescheduling, right? Mm, Sometimes yes. situation comes up where you and I have a meeting, you know, see our earlier podcast, this would be an effective meeting we were planning on having, but, um, <laughs> but you know, you, you and I are having a meeting and, and it's scheduled ahead of time. And all of a sudden some conflict comes up and I'm like, I wonder if Ann would mind right now. I don't want to just blow you off completely and make you feel unimportant. Mm-hmm. So I would say, listen, it's okay for you to say, no, if, if this doesn't work for you, we'll just keep the schedule as planned. However, if we could move it, it would be beneficial. I would appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And the, and the cool thing is most of the time when it's something like that, people are happy to help. And when they know the parameters and it's not just, Hey, I need to reschedule. You know, if you give them a little more information, um, it allows them to say, Oh yeah, I really want to help you out, Dave. I know you're super stressed cause you got this and that, and you know, you ran out of the food pills and stuff. So you, I know you need to get to the pharmacy, go ahead and do what you got to do. And Let's when you reschedule get, it for next week. When you give people permission to say no, you've also given them permission to say yes. Right. And you're showing respect for their time and their and their boundaries and their life. Exactly. As opposed to, listen, I have to reschedule, which really says my time's more important than your time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm not that important. Well, and if we're trying to be persuasive, especially with clients, especially with our teams and setting a culture, you know, we talked last time about the importance of setting that culture and being that role model. Um, we've got to role model that behavior as well and setting those boundaries. And, and this may be something you want to have an in-service with your team, teach them how to do it with each other. Absolutely. You know, it's, it's, so, you know, we, we, as we tend to do, we sometimes morph into a little slightly other areas, but this actually, actually applies to boundaries. One of the big challenges that I think leaders have in business and especially owners is a request is not always a request now sometimes a request is a request from an owner but people don't perceive it that way Mm. and then sometimes a request is not a request and people don't perceive it that way either right Mm -hmm. so um you know as as an owner Especially, but any any really senior manager, or manager any leadership role, yeah, leadership mm-hmm. role, you've got to empower your people to say, at least ask a question. Listen, I'm really busy. How this is what I've got on my plate. 
where does this fit in mm-hmm. our priorities? Yes. Oh, I didn't realize you were doing that project. I thought somebody else was. Let me let me let me let me go talk to Joe. Yeah. Or how would you like me to prioritize these? Because if I take this on, that's fine. Something else might move to pass the deadline. How would you like me to prioritize these things? Right, exactly. Yeah. And and, and they may say, oh, I'm not going to give it to you. Or they may say, this, this can wait. This is more important. Or, you know what? Add it to your queue, but get the other work done first. Mm-hmm. Who knows what they're going to say? They might say, hey, here's a can of suck it up. Get her done. <laughs> but now you know where you stand. Right. Right. Yeah. I, 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 that suck it up always has a terrible taste to me. I don't know. Oh, it's terrible. And it might be what they say is all I'm saying. Yeah. No, I'm just saying it tastes like burners to me. Um, Oh yeah. That stuff is nasty. Yeah. That weird Michigan ginger ale. To call it ginger ale is an insult to Canada dry. Yeah. Anybody not from Michigan has no idea what we're talking Verters about. Verters is not a global thing. <laughs> Thank God for that. I know, um, right? So gross. All right. What else about boundaries? Are we about done with the boundary of this uh, podcast? Well, and I, I think that asking, teaching your teams and, and role modeling, setting those boundaries is really, really important because it makes people make considered decisions. Um, and it makes people, it also helps people manage their own time and understand, you know, where this is going. Now, this might mean that in the process of implementing this, you need to follow up with some things to say, okay, yeah, that's, this isn't negotiable. We need to get this done and we need to move forward, but um, at least we're having that conversation. And, and Renee Brown, I talk about her book in leadership all the time in Dare to Lead. Um, she talks about rumbling with vulnerability. And that is talking and being able to hold each other accountable, say no, say that's not possible while still building that trust and respect. So I think, I think that teaching is a huge piece and everybody getting that common vocabulary. Absolutely. Uh, You know, and it really goes back to what we've said several times, um, which is our team is a reflection on us. Mm -hmm. If we know our boundaries and we empower our team to have their boundaries, if we're vulnerable, real important if we're vulnerable it doesn't mean be a crybaby. it doesn't mean go whining about stuff but it means allowing people to know who you really are and when you make a mistake owning that mistake right and and, and knowing that your team is if you expose your soft belly they're not going to rip it open they're going to protect it. Mm-hmm. that's what and they're going to be willing to admit when there was mistakes that they made, that things went wrong and they're willing to talk about it too and expose their soft little underbelly. Right, because it all goes back to our team is a reflection of us. Yep. So um, I think we've circled this and have com- completed- The, the wagons are coming full circle. And, and, and the boundary is closed. It is. Take the cows on home, Dave. <laughs> that was very good. Uh, bovine i know <laughs> that's a topic for another podcast what are we going to talk about today and we're going to talk about cows dave how do you know cows <laughs> uh, next time on the muppet show yeah. all right and until next time <laughs> that concludes another episode of disarming persuasion my name's dave rosenberg and this is darren cecil Visit our websites at 
LockedOnLeadership.com or DarrenCecil.com. Follow us on social media. You can find the links in the show notes. Remember, if they fail to make a decision, you failed to disarm them. Thank you.